Hello, we are Natalie and Matthias. We welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystem experts and platform founders. Our goal is to uncover what they learned and help you to launch and scale platforms, marketplaces and business ecosystems. Enjoy! Hello, everybody, to a new episode of our podcast, Platforms for Future. Today, we will talk about understanding market transformations as a key to build hyperscaling platforms. And with me is my lovely co-host, Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Matthias. And Natalie, today we have really a powerhouse of industrial IoT as our guest. So we welcome Joseph Pruner from Munich. Hello, Joseph. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Great. And um, you bring with you a lot of experience in implementing platforms, especially in the industrial IoT world. And we are really, really happy to have you in our episode and um, to talk with you not only about industrial IoT and platforms in this kind of heavy business, but more about taking a broader perspective and to learn more about what you have learned over your career of building different kind of businesses and how is this market transformation perspective really important to yeah to implement the hyperscaling platform but before we go into the details um maybe can you start explaining more about yourself who you are and of course for our listeners what is relayer Yeah, um, as, as I don't matter as much as Relay, I will keep my part very short. Um, I'm Joseph, entrepreneur by heart, started four companies so far. The first one was 16 and Relay, which will be my last one, um, is the one that I'm currently enjoying running as CEO. Um, so who is Relay? Um, we are the company you call when you want to transform your business from CapEx to OpEx. So when you have a, a machine, whatever the machine does, you know, grinding diamonds, you know, cutting um, metal sheets, uh, any kind of OEM, if you want to offer this uh, machine as a service in a pay-per-use model, in an industrial subscription model, um, then you call 555 Relay, and we have the enablement kit that transforms your business from CAPEX to OPEX. So that, that's why we exist, and that's what we enjoy. And how long do you exist? Um, it feels longer, <laughs> but it's actually, we got started <laughs> in 2015 in Berlin. And then we got acquired in 2018. And maybe you can also give us a, a kind of an impression how the last five years um, went for you as Relayer. So how you started and how you, um, what kind of journey you went through to make Relayer to what it is today. Yeah, it was a, a journey full of learnings. Um, so um, the, the previous companies I had were all um, companies that addressed one specific problem in a given market with one dedicated product. So it was very easy to market it um, towards security companies. Um, the last one was an energy management company. So you had a well-defined buying persona, well-defined product description. We knew which problem we were solving. So but it was comparatively easy um, you know, to start and scale these companies. Um, Relay is different because Relay provides um, something very abstract, which is a middleware. And in basically um, a foundation, technology foundation, you can use to enable new business models. And as you can see, my, my previous my previous description, you know, called 555 Relay to get from CAPEX to OPEX is significantly easier 
then I might try to explain the technology behind it. And I think that's um, also a very good headline of um, the years I, uh, you know, or the learnings I had during running and scaling really, you know, keep the complexity away from the customer. Don't talk about technology, focus on the outcome, focus on what customers want to and will achieve deploying our technology. Um, I would say that is the biggest learning, you know, um, simplify the value proposition, solve the problem holistically for the customer, put the outcome, you know, in the center of everything that you do uh, and stop selling technology to technologists, uh, selling outcomes to business people. So could you give just um, uh, for those uh, listeners who don't necessarily, uh, who haven't yet heard that, uh, you know, sentence focusing on outcomes. I mean, uh, uh, I've heard it uh, many times because I think we've heard it from the same place at Cisco. But can you give an example maybe of a customer and how you would, uh, you know, how they focused on or how you focused on helping them achieve their outcomes? Yeah, I'm um, happy to. Um, and, and you were right. We, we both learned from, from Chambers um, at Cisco, who remains a person I admire and, and look up to as not only because he, had, he acquired me once, but more importantly, uh, as he taught me so much. Um, so, um, you know, a very recent example of, of a custom engagement we, um, we had was Trump, um, one, you know, global market leader um, in, in laser cutting and laser cutting machines. And um, what what we did is we um, worked together to come up with a paper part model that focuses um, on making the Trump custom um, most successful by guaranteeing to them that they get um, the best part uh, produced with the best price in the market. Um, so focusing exclusively on what the customers of our customers need to be most successful in their markets is the outcome we, we focus on. Everything else, be it the machine, the technology, risk transfer, financing, all these wonderful tools we have on our product shelf are, you know, only exist to deliver that outcome. And we thought that it's best to not talk about the complexity of the architecture of our technology and the different components and the rec wheels in this equation but, you know, simply talk about, you know, the outcome, which is Mr. Customer, after engaging with us, you will be more successful than before. And, and you mentioned also that you have, um, yeah, in your career, ran through the, that they, the school of John Chambers and you, um, yeah, at Cisco. And you also mentioned our briefing calls before that um, he was a great mentor to you. Um, that he helps you to understand taking a product perspective will always help you to uh, create a better business. Uh, can you explain or elaborate more on that? What does it mean? Yeah, I think there's when I, I had three mentors in my life um, and, and Sean was, was one of the three and, and he had an incredible um, impact on my, my life. Um, and there, there's one specific phrase I, I will always remember When he said, Joseph, don't focus too much on a product, a problem, or a specific mark, market. Focus on a market transformation or when focus on problems that arise when, when you know, somebody has to transition from one market uh, to the other. And he always used Cisco as an example. You know, Cisco started, started off as a routing company. 
then very quickly realized that, that with um, the rise of you know B2B networks, they needed to also be in the switching arena. So they very quickly acquired a switching company. And then they went on um, to you know play in the arena of um, conversions. Um, they um, were the driving force behind voice of IP, um, video conferencing, um, and then continued um, to uh, change the DNA of the company by then um, trying to get into the Internet of Things um, arena as well. So he he reinvented Cisco a few times. And, and Cisco at the time, when I left Cisco, was there two years. Cisco was only 25 years old. Right? And it shows the, um, the speed um, at which markets transform. And he really took this extremely seriously. And he said, you know, the biggest impact you will have if you not only um, drive market transformations, but if you can basically foresee them. And then as soon as the market transformation is happening, you have an offer um, ready to capitalize on that market transformation. So that is one of the key takeaways um, I, I take from John. And um, I think this is a, a very good statement or very good advice. Um, so how has you at, yeah, used that uh, advice and think about the IoT field or the, the industrial industry and said, okay, let what kind of market transformation I see for this space, let's say it's space and not industry, and uh, how can you as Relayer help to transform the market? Yeah, there's, there's a big um, difference, uh, Matthias, between hearing that phrase and understanding that phrase. And there's even a bigger <laughs> difference um, in making sure that you understand the spirit behind that phrase and execute properly. Um, so what I, what I thought he meant was that, you know, big blue chip, you know, big traditional, you know, old companies, legacy companies will have a problem embracing technology and we would need to help them embracing technology to make their business more efficient or come up with additional revenue streams. Um, and I was wrong. Um, I think what happened is that not only the companies in these markets had problems understanding the market transformations, uh, but more importantly, the entire end-to-end -end relationship in markets um, was being disrupted. So if you look at, you know, machine manufacturers as an example today, the way that this works is you have an OEM manufacturing machine, you have a distributor uh, in between, you have service companies that provide additional services, you have, um, you know, distributors that provide the material, um, and you have logistics and so on and so forth, right? So um, there's quite a few companies involved you know, from uh, building the machine to actually, you know, having the produced part in your hands. And what the market transformation is, is streamlining um, that entire value chain and vertically integrating the machine into the process. So it's significantly more than just technology. It has to do with offering the machine differently, um, understanding different buying patterns, understanding what, you know, zero interest rates mean um, to um, the market, to the economy in general, understanding what it means for the end customer in that chain, be it, you know, as an example, the automotive industry, not being able to forecast, you know, their um, production needs for the next five years. What does this mean for their investment decisions? Um, what does this mean for the RI of the CapEx investments? 
So that is actually what's uh, important to understand and everything else, including technology is a tool that needs to be deployed to have a proper answer to that challenge. And that is something that I didn't understand properly in the beginning. And that is why Relayer wrongly, I have to say in the beginning, focused so much on the technology, technology capabilities, um, platforms, you know, just pick your best password. We, we were playing in that domain. And at the end of the day, it's all fluff and means nothing if it's not deployed in a way to create um, efficiencies. So to make a long story short, what IoT does and why IoT exists and the trends around IoT is to positively eliminate inefficiencies in markets out there. And my example, my previous example with the machine manufacturer with the five or six companies involved, the handovers between these five or six companies is inefficient. So what you do is you vertically integrate your machine, you provide an end-to-end -end offer, pay-per-use models, industrial subscriptions, and by doing so, you're eliminating the inefficiencies that exist in these markets. And I think that's why IoT is on the rise. Uh, and that's why, you know, we as a company, as example, uh, do exist. Yeah, this is also a pattern we see and we always talk and teach to our clients. Uh, uh, platforms are perfect to remove inefficiencies. Um, so the market is already there, but there's a lot of inefficiency there. And with a platform, you make this market or this ecosystem more efficient and um what kind of or what you described is also for 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 us the description of the transformation of a business model from a product into a service business model um how do you see also the adoption of companies to a platform business model so uh, adding a platform to the mixture of business models they have in their portfolio. Do you see this will also be a trend for the, let's say, industrial market? Um, I, I think so, but I, there's an additional consideration that I think is, is worth understanding. And, and a platform in itself has zero value. A platform is a consequence of something you want to achieve. You know, what, what, what you want to do with a platform is you know, um, either be more efficient yourself, be uh, more closely connected with your customer, vertically integrate your offering. And then a platform, you know, is a means to enable that goal. What I see or what I, I have seen in the past is that a lot of companies said, oh, I need to have a platform. It's, it's a new gimmick. And then they added, you know, some kind of a technology layer which was living next to um, the machine or the service offering or whatever they had, but they didn't really understand the mechanics behind it. And that only if you change the entire machine room and all the mechanics, not necessarily in your technology, but in your go-to-market and your business model, a platform can help you. So that is why I'm very reluctant to use these buzzwords like IoT, like platform, like digital transformation, because it has zero meaning. That's why I'm, I'm so focused on, on being ex, extremely specific when it comes to the business outcome and try to avoid confusion by using um, wildcard terms or words that mean everything and nothing to everyone in the dog. 
So um, I would be extremely careful um, with being abstract in these business discussions. And, and we try to do everything we possibly can to be as concrete as possible. Yeah, for, for me, it's also a question about sustainability, adding this kind of uh, buzzword to the To the, to, to the terms we discuss here, because what you described is about um, the user, what is the value you provide with your business to the user or to the businesses, etc. So this is a more like a, a B2B or B2C perspective. But in the last years, we also learned that we have to take care of our planet and our society. So how does this perspective play into this uh Yeah, advice of let's see market transformations and uh, foresee market transformations. Also, this kind of sustainability aspect is now shaping our mindset, is shaping our how we purchase products or how we do businesses. How do you see how will this sustainability topic will impact the industrial yeah ecosystem? I totally agree. In fact, uh, sometimes. Uh Uh, when we have, you know, when we work on projects and, and um, uh, our customers uh, ask straight away what uh, technology are you going to implement? What, uh, you know, what is, the, when are we starting to develop the platform? Or when uh, we're coaching, uh, working with accelerators, co coaching startups who want to become the next, you know, uh, unicorn platform, they all start with the technology. And they are a bit uh, surprised and, and uh, you know, <laughs> interrogation or when we say, then talk about technology. We, we'll come to that when it's time. First, we focus on why we want to do this. What ecosystem do we want to organize or smoothen? Uh, and, and, yeah, so uh, it's the... the Uh, the description of what you made of uh, focusing on the outcomes and really not on the technology or even on the business model of the platform, which is a, a, the tool, uh, a means to an end. So I uh, totally uh, agree with you on this. But having said that, when, you know, the easiest thing that we see as consumers are, you know, the app, We've all got apps and marketplaces and whatever on our uh, mobile phones. And this is, you know, the first thing that generally uh, uh, we think about. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's our role to displace that, uh, that discussion. Yeah, there's, um, I think, a few considerations on the topic. Um, one is I'm not a big fan of greenwashing, just painting something green because it's on vogue. Um, I think is uh, something we have seen 10 years ago, 15 years ago with, with green IT. We saw the same trend when you know, sustainability was first um, you know, introduced to the boardroom. Um, we, we saw a trend towards greenwashing, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, but um, I think, Matthias, you have a point. I think when you, a lot of people talk about the uh, industrial transformation or the fourth industrial revolution, um, in Germany, it's called Industry 4.0. Um, and that is, you know, basically the, the realm of IoT, but there's a much bigger transformation going on. Um, and it's not necessarily so much, so much related with sustainability, but it's related, to, um, with the shift away from a fossil fuel powered economy to an economy 
um, based um, and fueled by renewable energy. And that has a brutal impact on um, most societies and most industrial markets. Um, it starts with um, the investment asset classes. Um, imagine you did a, you know, you did do an investment in a pipeline transporting oil from A to B, uh, and you've made this investment on a 20 year horizon. The likelihood that your business case is coming together is really low. Uh, imagine you have invested pretty significantly in refineries in fracking and in other pretty, you know, capital intense asset classes. I think we see an implosion um, of these asset classes as um, not only the society is shifting away from fossil you know, fuels, uh, but also as we see um, regulations that force capital to be deployed in quote unquote green um, asset classes. And that will have this, this will have a trickle down effect to all major economies. <clears throat> and then if you look at economy in economies like, you know, the ones we have in Central and Northern Europe, where we have extremely energy intense um, um, economies, then not, not only the energy price is an important variable in this equation, but um, energy reliability and energy availability is extremely important. That will mean that decentralized, um, you know, management systems will become more important. And then lastly, um, and this is where I'm trying to close the loop again. When energy wasn't a big topic, you could very, very easily afford inefficiencies. Um, now, as energy is becoming a real constrained resource and energy management is becoming really, really important, you, you basically have the same problem we, we addressed prior when we talked about market transformations, which is address inefficiencies, right? I mean, it's if, uh, if you have to manage, you know, energy significantly more in, in a significantly more restricted way, as it's such a limited and scared resource, you, you better use it wisely and you better understand where you have waste. Um, I think that is an, a market transformation. We, we as entrepreneurs and we as a society haven't even started to grasp. I think it will be the biggest thing in our generation. If there's an entrepreneur on the other side of the line, I, I would jump in with both feet. I mean, this is the biggest thing with unlimited capital and a government enforced transformation that will impact every industry, every industrial industry. So uh, long story short, I wouldn't say it's about sustainability. It's about, um, you know, getting rid of fossil fueled um, powered economies and industries to renewable en um, energies. Uh, we, when we talk about sustainability and um, help corporates to better understand what kind of yeah level of sustainability they could achieve and that they should aim for, we, we always say at the levels one, let's say the base level, you can start to remove waste uh, and re reduce waste you have in wherever you have waste, waste in your production, waste in your packaging, waste in your supply chain, whatever. So kind of inefficiencies are a kind of a waste or a type of a waste. Uh, the second level is about uh, start to become... Um, uh, to implement kind of circular economy aspects. So you can become kind of, yeah, 
they have zero emissions, um, so becoming neutral. And uh, on the third level, you can maybe also give something back to the ecosystem. So not waste back to the ecosystem, but something positive. So maybe you use more CO2 than you produce or whatever. So that you have also a positive impact and not just maybe to the nature, but also to the society. Uh, so the ecosystem is always about the people or the, uh, yeah, the, um, the entities living in this ecosystem. Um, do you also see something like that? Like, uh, where platforms can help to have, a let's say a, a net positive impact to the ecosystem, not, so not just removing inefficiencies, but also having a positive impact. Uh, I, I, you know, I totally agree with, uh, what, what you just said, you know, um, waste is the easiest pool of profitability we haven't tapped into. Right. Um, so um, independent to this being related to um, sustainability, to energy savings, uh, there's so much waste and so much inefficiencies in these markets. That is the easier target and the, the lowest hanging fruit. Um, and then, you know, the concept of circular economy is really, really interesting. Um, as I don't want this to be uh, a real uh, advertising show here, I'll give you another example where we have, you know, uh, basically zero contribution, but we saw this and, and I really like the concept. Um, it's an elevator as a service concept, I think starting in the Netherlands where a bank and an elevator camp company came together <clears throat> and created, you know, basically um, a circular offering around elevators. And, you know, we, um, while I totally understand the elevator as a service concept, something, you know, um, which, um, is in, in the core DNA of, of, of Relay conceptually, right? It's a, a product elevator as a service, so CapEx to OpEx. What they did was really interesting because they put it in the context of circular economy. So by owning the elevator and not selling it, but renting it out, um, the elevator becomes your transportation platform. And um, as the bank in this case would own the elevator, operate it, service it, um, you have a, um, um, basically um, a closed loop, which I think for you know circular economies is uh, extremely important. So we see the, the marriage, if you will, of um, consumption-based models in the industrial world, industrial subscription, combined with new financial capabilities um, enriched with um, sustainability topics to really come up with uh, an offering that is addressing not only one, but actually two very important market transformations, right? So uh, I think that just cements what you just said, Matthias. Um, I think this is a trend which is only starting um, and uh, something I'm extremely excited to see how this is going to develop and shape and change industries. It's an interesting example, and uh, you can look at it also from the point of view of, of having a, a platform sustainable by design or by purpose or both. Um, so uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's many, many opportunities, and uh, you're right, it can be easy to talk to fall into greenwashing. But we feel that uh, those platform models, uh, because they are geared towards ecosystems and the, the you know the balance uh, and the the um, 
the good collaboration and and the efficiency of ecosystems that they are you know facilitator uh, or can be a facilitator to sustainability um, uh, topics or circular economy topics. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's why I, one of the the big mysteries for me is when there's a debate how to solve you know, the, um, the energy challenge we have ahead of us uh, through technology or through changing our lives um, when we actually have so much inefficiencies in the, in the way that we operate our world, you know, and if we would invest 10% of, you know, the, the fights, you know, that we have between the different polar opposites of, of that equation, and invested in addressing inefficiencies in our global economy, the supply chains, the way we produce goods, ship goods, sell goods. Um, I think we would would make a major leap uh, forward. Right? Um, I think the sometimes as as we as consumers are so detached from the machine room of the technologies and the outcomes we are using, we greatly underestimate. Um, how, how chaotic it is. And a great example of chaos by design is the internet. The internet, you know, with the IP protocol wastes so much energy through, you know, packet collision as an example to be, become a little, to show my Cisco DNA here. Uh, <laughs> so if you, if you understand, you know, how much energy consumption the internet is responsible for. How quickly is, this has grown. It's becoming a major topic. It's significantly more than the, the airline industry. That's significantly more. Uh, and it's on the rise, you know, and it will only grow. And now you put the waste of the architecture and the technology in relation to the energy consumption. You know, you, you could easily save a few percent of the global energy consumption if you would make this more efficient. I'm not saying it's an easy task, right? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's even possible, but I think that would be um, a really interesting area to explore as it's just waste. And you would not have to change your life at all. You would have the same life. It would just be more efficient. right? And that's where I think we should be investigating our efforts. Yeah, because when we think about waste, we think about... Uh maybe garbage or stuff like that more easily. Uh, but actually, waste is everywhere. And you just pointed out as an example of, of uh, you know, hidden waste, which is not the first one you would think about, but w w one of the major ones, uh, in fact, that has an impact. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're all very passionate about uh, this, uh, those topics, and we could talk for a long time. And maybe we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to reconvene at some point, Josef, and you, you'll come back on the on the podcast if you if you want. And uh, we'd love to have you again. Uh, I've got the uh, difficult task of summarizing now. Um, and uh, yes, it's my turn. Thank you, Matthias. So. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to make it short because last time I was too long. So, um, you know, let's make this uh, exercise now. So the, one of the first things that I heard from you was that really your positioning is not about technology, about building a platform or an IoT platform. It's about uh, helping, uh, you know, your customers uh, uh, moving from CapEx to OpEx model. And actually, uh, um, uh, this is... Um, uh, or you know, uh, 
when you're talking about technology, you could you could say that you are in the middleware uh, layer, um, but you're not really talking about this with the you know you're not positioning yourself like this. You're really uh, positioning yourselves on how your customers can have their customers and really provide concrete outcomes to their, their own customers. So this this outcome um, uh, notion is really at the uh, you know, a, a cornerstone of your approach uh, from what I understood. <laughs> and correct me if I got this wrong, of course, uh, Josep, don't hesitate. Um, the linked to that, uh, the, the context, I guess, because we asked you about how you came to that, uh, you know, to create uh, or, or how Relay was created, uh, it's the context of that was that, Based on the, your great uh, mentor, uh, mentor's advice, John Chambers, uh, you see Relay as focusing on a market transformation, uh, and not, you know, Relay being a, providing a product or, or even a service. So it's really um, anticipating the market transformation or transition that your customers and their customers' customers are going to go through, and positioning yourselves ahead of this transition uh, to help them, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, surf on the on this, this transformation wave. And I guess the last point, uh, because I need to be short, on sustainability <laughs> was, um, I guess, on all we, on the stuff we said on sustainability, the main point I that, you know, stuck to my mind is really um, how platforms can help or can be a very good tool because it's not a means to an end, it's a tool to maybe focus on removing inefficiencies. And re- those inefficiencies are waste that we, you know, we have in our lives and production models, etc. And really that's how maybe in all different ways, um, like I said, by purpose or by design, but platforms can help focus on removing those inefficiencies through uh, you know, customer journeys and and within ecosystems, and maybe have a, a you know medium or longer term an impact on uh, sustainability. I will stop there. Uh, otherwise, Matthias will uh, uh, <laughs> cut me off. <laughs> no, I think you, you you did a great job of um, summarizing it, and um, it was really a great pleasure to talking to you, Joseph. Um, not just that you are the CEO of Relayer, one of the leading IoT platform platforms out there, but also to you as a true entrepreneur and what kind of different businesses you have built over the last years or in your career. So this, this I think is the yeah, the best of talking to you today. Um, but before we go and close our session, we always ask our guests, um, uh, please, could you give a kind of a key advice, maybe a key thing you learned throughout your career as an executive, as a leader, you would like to give to other leaders and executives uh, approaching a platform journey? Yeah, put, put the, the needs and the challenges and the problems of your customer in the middle of what you do. Don't have a romantic relationship with technology, have a romantic relationship with the business case. Uh, I think that's my one piece of advice. And the second one is 
then focus on execution. Right? It's the only thing that matters. Ideas are so easy. It's all about execution. Yeah, good point. This is also what we see when we go and work with our customers. So they have a lot of ideas, but they always face a kind of an execution gap. And so to help them to overcome this gap is, is it's it's really crucial for most of them. Um, Joseph, thank you very much for joining us and uh, being part of this conversation and really looking forward to have another conversation maybe in one or two years and see where we are with our market transformations. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you.